smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. All right, guys, let's get into some agro talk here. I guess a little disclaimer, though, if you're watching the video show, you know, I got a little bit of uh, this is what happens when you call a Canadian a hoser. They find out you're American, <laughs> you know. Hey, you're not Canadian. <laughs> nah, no, I got a little. You're the hockey stick. What is that? <laughs> that would be a good hockey stick kid. No, if you right. uh, are listening, I got some stitches on the side of my face. Tiny bit of a black eye, but it's because of just some maintenance, some human maintenance, some basal cell uh stuff removed if you will so keep in mind if we talk about that though i don't want to bust your chops but uh you've been having that we've been doing the show for years and you have had something and that you were putting some cbd on it and i was yelling at you to go get it looked at please i have a dad that has uh melanoma and it's like the start of cancer then from there it can get really serious so it's something little like that uh just get it taken care of. Even if you see just a little discoloration, especially on your face, it's out in the sun all the time. Just go get it checked. It's not invasive. They just, it's a skin check, you know? Yeah, they do a little, they do a little scraping on you. They do have to do the little, what is that called? A biopsy, numb it up and then scrape not some off. There's nothing wrong. I go every year or whatever and they go check it and like, hey, nothing's wrong or something's a little weird, but man, it's a, uh, uh, it, a lot of that can be prevented. So just please uh, take it seriously. Skin can, you know, skin's your largest organ. Yes, yes. I asked the uh, surgeon, uh, so I'm like, what type of special tool are you using today? Some type of planer or microderma type thing? She's like a scalpel. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say, dude, we were talking after and you didn't sell me on the Canadian healthcare system. Oh, sir. man. All right. We'll save that for the hey, next show. Actually, I, I can't leave without saying I'm glad you're all good, brother. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you took care of yourself. Definitely. We need all good. You. All good. Maintenance. I'm sure I'll be doing some more cutting as time goes on. Today, Grow Talk. DudeGrows.com. Grower questions. We got a dank nug. Skywalker OG by I Love Growing Marijuana. Posted by Bus Bucket. Bus Bucket. Uh, okay. Grower questions. Plant strength training with a powerful fan. Yes, I like this. Posted by Sweden Sucks. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure there's nice, nice things to do in Sweden. I'm sure the Swedish people are really nice. Uh, germination rate. Posted by Mom's Basement. Hey, is it <laughs> sucked that if I think of Sweden, all I can really identify with is Ikea? Um, a little bit. I think I didn't even know that was Sweden. Swedish, but then again, my kid ended up at Ikea on a Friday night. They were out running around town for a friend's birthday. I'm like, what the hell did you do at Ikea? Took away at a hot dog eating contest. That is I weird, do. bro. I usually <laughs> save that for Costco. <laughs> I mean, yes. A uh, hot dog eating contest in itself is just wrong. You ever been uh, the guy outside the home that just gets a hot dog outside the Home Depot? I seen one of those guys walking back to his truck with two hot dogs and just made me think of a belly ache, sir. That's lunch for some people. Equipment recommendation here. Best reptile humidifier that we're actually using in our growth space, posted by Butters. And last but not least, knowing when to change the carbon filter, posted by Token Cody 8. What's going on in our grows as well? Before we hop into it, we just had a great happy hour, Scotty. You missed out at the DGC 420 happy hour that's happening for the Patreon producers every Friday at 420. Hooked up actually a bunch of optic foliar seeds 
and talked, grow, and took questions. Guys, that's the new show for people supporting this show. Go to dogrows.com forward slash support. That's where you can check out joining the DGC. Listen to Supported Baby and then get the benefits as well. Free seeds from Seeds Here Now. Scotty's hooking up the recharge and grow dots at 30% off. Sticker yes. packs kicking out. And you still have time. We're hooking up an HLG Black Wing. Just log into Patreon when you're supporting the show. Comment on that post. January 30th, we are going to be hooking that baby up. Plenty more giveaways coming in 2022 as well. Hey, how big is that Black Wing since it's Grow Talk? Is that a, I need something for a two by four. Perfect for a two by four. 360 is too big for a two, or at least I can't, it's one of the original ones, so I can't dim it down. Yeah, it's something smaller. 225. Yeah. But it's spread out. The diodes on the new uh, Black Wing, Blackbird, the new lights that HLG is doing. Is they're spreading them out so you can get a little bit more coverage than you know the 600 R spec is what I have, <clears throat> and they're 600 watt now. And the Blackbird has the same, actually has more diodes and just more of a spread, so you can get a little lower to canopy as well. Very cool. Check it all out. Dogrows.com forward slash support. Let's hop into the show, yo. We got uh, Dank Nug check out here. This is in from Fuss Bucket. Fuss Bucket Skywalker OG. Right. Picked up some seeds from I Love Growing Marijuana. Um, I think I've ordered seeds from them actually one time. They do a bit of business. They must be an all right bank. Uh, it says, hey, DG, DGC, appreciate your presence in my life. Up back at you. Appreciate hey, Monsanto presence. does a bit of business, but they're really not too all right, you know? And I, I'm, <laughs> sure that, I'm sure that I love growing marijuana is fine, but I just, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can judge for that from, from just um, doing a lot of business. I went ahead and gave the Hempy Bucket system a shot, complete with grow dots. I miscalculated the dosage on the grow dots and ran into problems of my own making. Began feeding with lotus nutrients according to their feeding schedule in week two of flower. When I finally acknowledged my error, plants came back great and it was entirely my fault. Just wanted to make sure that's clear. You didn't want to blame your grow dots, Scotty. You know, honestly, <laughs> there's going to be a learning curve with grow dots. Uh, like you like to say, something well, strain specific, but some strains can handle a little bit heavier doses than others. So <clears throat> I grow my way. I've had success with the 75 grams and the five gallon buckets, but I'm waiting for people to to grow and put them in their own systems. And there's going to be a little trial and error, but I'm glad you recovered. Well, this is my Skywalker OG, which looks fabulous, by the way. Um, running in five gallon sip buckets, sub-irrigation planter, using cocoa perlite for the media. I put perlite up to the base of the sip insert before filling with the 70-30 cocoa perlite mix. Sounds good. I lastly mulch with perlite thick enough to keep the gnats and winged ones away. Interesting. Mulching Uh, with perlite? Because just like you were talking about, you got those fungus gnats. If you mulch with perlite and you have a layer, that perlite stays dry. So now there's your dry layer. So it's going to dry a lot faster than the soil. Got it. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that and what's going on in my growth. Fungus snats from hell. Uh, just set up a new sealed flower room running two ROI E680 lamps and four Agromax Pure UV four foot T5 lamps. And this is where wow. it gets a little interesting as we talk about UV. Um, burnt, my, burnt my plants a little in the beginning with UV, and I'm currently trialing three 10 minute intervals clumped in the middle of the day of my 11 hour light cycle. So he's running these T5 four foot UV bulbs. For three 10-minute intervals. It says trichome density looks up from my last cycle with no new UV, and heads are way more swollen, and each strain scent is way more nuanced. Um, wow. so that's good to know. He's running the same genetics, just added the UV bulbs and seeing Very these cool. types. 
Um, it says I've had PM and aphids in previous runs, but since adding the UV, the only thing living in my flower room is the plants. Even if the UV doesn't have any noticeable difference in the end product, it's still a keeper for its hostility towards mildew and mold. So we can tie that UV wow. towards P- PM prevention? Let me, yeah, they do have those UV, those are UVC lights. And when we say UV, there's two or three, there's A, B, and C, right? A, Drew. B, and C. So I remember the C stands for cancer. That's the dangerous one. The B and- stands for burn. That's the one that gives you sunburn. And UVA is the one closest to uh, 400 nanometers. Uh, it's like, I think, 360 to 400 nanometers okay. is UVA. Um, That's so not it, damaging to you, it's, though, right? It's not visible to the human eye. It's not near as damaging as UVB. It is more energetic than visible light. So I'm sure. not 100% sure if UVA doesn't cause any damage. But I don't think it penetrates into your skin like your UVA like does. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it goes here. Okay. I'm on... Hang on a second, though. UVB or UVC is the one that they use as clean lights that they go and that kills powdery mildew. And they, but those things, I think you're only supposed to use them for a limited. You can't just put one of those UVC bulbs in your room. It'll give you, it'll give you skin cancer. And the B is that the UVB is the one that they're using to increase trichome production. Is that what he's referring to? That yeah. is that is what he's referring to. A UVB bulb. You can get them most commonly like a reptile bulb. They'll have UV bulbs. But for these from Agromax, I put a link in here, are saying they're like, I don't know, 15 times more powerful than specialty reptile UV lamps. Okay, that's um, cool. And so that's a T- T8, it looks like? T5. I'm sorry, T5, T5. So you can get your, if you want to run these, you can just get either a fixture that has like four, four bulb fixture or just get the single T5 four foot fixtures that you can plug the bulb into and then you can put them around your canopy. Um, it says in many, and this is from the agro or growagromax.com, in many plant species, exposure to UVB light will cause changes in phenolic, phenolic Phen- compounds. Phenol, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, phenolic, like, I don't know, phenotype like is different compounds. And it polyphenols. And- Got it. Flavonoid pigments, flavonoid pigments, resins, oils, et cetera. Its ability to enhance plant growth naturally without the use of chemicals that the pure UV lamps provide. One thing yeah. I haven't gotten in my grow in a long time, I should hook up a couple of these. What's up? Oh, we like to call them secondary metabolites. Nah, <laughs> what do you think about Guru would say though? Those are, am I wrong? It's the just the different terpenes and flavin the things they have taste and smell. You are one hundred percent correct. Oh, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I could add two of these to. I, mean, I don't really have any more room for heat in my two by four, but I'm How intrigued. How much are they gonna make? The freaking T five. You take one T five bulb or two T five bulbs and you put them in a water well, heat. A lot of heat, bro. I got to see how many watts they are, but you know yeah, what I mean. And it can't it, be that many watts. And these are. Is there a reason? they don't do them in led uh it has to be this type of technology uh so creating uv light from leds which uh i know this is getting sciencey leds are all blue leds got like blue it. lights uh and then they have a phosphor coating on them that changes the the energy level of that light mm-hmm. to be a different spectrum uh, it's really hard to make it more energetic than the blue light that it already is. Got they it. have UV LEDs that are out there and like commercially available. Right. Uh, they're really expensive and almost exclusively reserved for the uh, like medical community um, where they use them for like sterilization. Yeah, do, I know that's different things. UV sterilization. But heard the, the actual LED ones that they use of those are uh, cost prohibitive to make. So they're, they're expensive to begin with. And... 
the medical community is their main buyer and they don't get any price cuts on anything. So, look, I don't want to hijack the show, but I am high as fucking interested. We'll put on the elevator <laughs> one. We've got 30 seconds, but how the fuck does UV kill things? How does it kill powdery mildew? How does it kill, how does it clean? It's hot. UV ish. No, it, it's not that it's <laughs> hot. Uh, so, UV light. Right. Uh, and think about it all on like a, an electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, visible light, what we see is electromagnetism, sure. but it's only between 400 and 700 nanometers. Right. The shorter the wavelength, the more energetic the the, the electromagnetism is. Okay. Um, so it carries a lot more energy with it and can be damaging to cells and the DNA that is in cells. Interesting. So that's that's how like uh, UVC, like why we say UV cancer, right. it gets in and like an X-ray would, uh, penetrates through cells, penetrates through the nucleus, and can cause changes to the DNA that causes a mutation that then turns into like cancer or something. Wow. Like that. I'm sorry, this is my floor, but thank you. It's been very informative. Sir. Gotcha. No, that was amazing. Thank you, my friend. These bulbs, Scotty, are 54 watts, it looks like, and that's that's going to add heat, man. I mean, obviously, um, in a two by four tent, uh, heat stacks up real quick. I mean, 54 watts. Is, and let's do um, the math. Let's do the math, man. It's what, three, three and a half BTUs per watt or something? So three and a half times 50, that's about what, 175 BTUs of heat. So every 6,000 BTUs is a half ton of AC or is, you know, 6,000 BTUs. We know what that, you know, those type of little air conditioners do. So you can actually just do the calculations, man. The actual math is fucking easy. I can even do it. If I were running AC, I would, but I'm doing air exchange. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Calculate your BTUs for proper AC needed. I didn't uh, wait to smoke, man. I've had a fucking smoke, pretty, pretty businessy day today, man, and I'm fucking getting ripped. Question one here off of dudegrows.com. Plant strength training with a powerful fan. Uh, one thing that most, not most girls, a lot of people don't have enough of. Uh, posted by Sweden Socks. So, greetings from Squareland. Where's Squareland? Square, he's saying Sweden's so damn square, man. You know, I don't think he's psyched about the cannabis laws in Sweden. So, is this, this is the cool sucks. Like, what, like Primus. Primus sucks. No, like this that kind of sucks. No, I think this is what I'm saying, dude. Sweden should get their act together uh, with cannabis. So, as far as cannabis uh, is concerned, Sweden sucks. I thought we were man. doing the cool thing with sucks. Like, dude, gross sucks, bro. No, I'm, like that, man. All right. I'm not that <laughs> hip. All right. All right. Always wondered if we all use our fans in a faulty way. Could we think of the, could we think the plants could be respond in the same way as humans does to strength training? Could there be truth to this argument? If we use a very oversized floor fan full effect for a short burst to break down muscles of the plants, there included appropriate resting time to bodybuild the plant. How would this work? As thanks for your episodes, Godspeed. 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 So I see these like saying he's like, he's a bigger fan to come on for Four shorter fans. intervals because we don't want to be blowing the shit out of the plants all the time. But I say yes, when you have movement in a vegetative uh, cannabis plants, if you will, sure, back and forth. I think you are. I could be wrong. Uh, strengthening that Wait, for potential flower weight. Straight up science. You are strengthening that. By wind, uh, like the wind response on plants, uh, it will uh, sense the stress in the plant there. The plant will send hormones or auxins mm -hmm. to that site to grow more cells there and strengthen it up there so that the plant has more strength. Now, you don't want like catastrophic winds. You don't right. want to go from like zero mile per hour winds in there and like nothing's moving 
to blow in the shit out of everything back and forth. Like you can stress plants doing that too, but having movement in the stems and the leaves like dancing around is beneficial for the plant and does. What do you think about the, by, the turbo uh, interval? Moving oxens around in the plant. Yeah, that's the difference. That's the idea though. I don't know about that interview. Would you rather have consistent ideal uh, you know, just stretching of the, you know, bending of, of the stalks, or would you rather have 10 minutes of, you know, super windy conditions? I, don't I, know, you I know. Uh, would err on the side of consistency. Me too. Um, and, and not uh, try and have any big changes in the environment. Because also realize when you're blowing uh, like high CFM of air right. onto something, you're changing the local humidity, like on the leaf surface too. Um, and, and, Dropping the leaf right. surface humidity, not necessarily humidity in the whole room, but it it's not something. I think we got to do exactly some trials. Do. No, I kind of no, like the strong. We, we probably don't need to do trials. Just use consistent wind. Yeah, uh, I like the strong in, in, in fan coming on for keep one minute of every 10 minutes. So that those oxens keep moving around and it continues to strengthen. Itself. Ah, there you go. That's very important what he just said, though. You know, keep the ban the fan blowing and the stalks moving a little bit so that the oxens can get through there a little bit better. Uh, and as some people overlook, get a floor fan too, guys, any type, even uh, ones that you can get that you see carpet cleaners use. I forgot the, like a blower floor fan. So the air flow yeah. is wide on the floor. I mean, yeah, it's a great way. CO2 it stirs the CO2. There's uh, potentially if you have fungus gnats, other things, you're making that environment a little harsher for them. Um, when you say and, floor fan, I think of you can go like I think Home Depot has them, but a metal blade. I find metal blades to be uh, much more powerful. Something about them flexing or not flexing, but uh, you can get those fans that are you know directional, maybe an eighteen inch fan. They and they have twelve ones, twelve inch, eighteen inch, but you can turn them straight up, and then just leave them plugged in. They're meant for you know continual use, so they last a long time. But uh, something like that. I think is a really good floor fan. If you put it directionally <laughs> up, <clears throat> this blowers is reminding. are okay, man. What's that? What you're talking about is a blower. And they're, yeah. they're fine, I guess. Are they really meant to run all the fucking time, though? A lot of shit we use in our grows aren't, aren't meant to run, all depending. Right. Um, but you can get in. fans. You can get fans that are meant for warehouses or industrial purposes. It's going to be a three, something you think is supposed to be $100 is going to be 250 bucks but they're meant to run all the time. And last you, yeah, it's just buying less, more, you know, not as disposable versus almost disposable shit. This Dude, reminds had, me for some, what's that? Sorry, real quick, how, how long has my grow been going on? You know, Rowdy Rick was here last year building it, right? Yeah. Uh, my fans are already ruined. I have to go buy new fans. <laughs> they are the one on the wall just died. A hundred dollar fan from the grocery store. You gotta go to like farm tech, like get the fans that are yeah, meant to be I'm like wall mounted in a chicken coop. Man, grocery stores gotta do better with their fans, man. Come on. They're gotta, yeah. Well, their distributors gotta do better. But yeah. off subject, air movement, fans. I was just thinking of branches flexing. And just yesterday, I was mountain biking with two guys that have mountain biked here a better part of their lives. The forest was calm. It was chill, and all of a sudden, we all heard a like a cracking sound. And they go, "Oh, sounds like a tree might be falling." And then we don't hear anything for like ten seconds. Then you hear like the sound of a fucking tree fall, and I just start, I just start like pedaling fast, and I just get like my heart. I'm like, "Wait a minute, you should you should probably stop and see where this is happening." And it was like an eighty foot freaking tree that just about 
25 feet down, went across the trail where we just were. And that was a pretty cool moment. I'd be freaked so, out and start pedaling really fast right into the tree. You know, I thought about it in <laughs> hindsight. I'm like, dude, pedaling really fast is going to do nothing for it. What if you're pedaling to where the tree might fall? And he's <laughs> the reason saying, man. I got yeah. scared is because a lot of trees fall in the woods. We don't bike in the woods when it's windy. These are tall ass trees. And when they fall, like you can see it falling over there, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be a hundred more feet, you know, wherever. And then plus knocking down hangers and it might just start raining shit. So, and I don't want to die by getting hit by a tree. No, it seems like a else. shitty way. I bet you the guys you uh, bike with would be fine with it, you know? <laughs> they kind of <laughs> chuckled at me a little bit. I'm like, shit, man, I don't fucking know. It's freaking me out. I was like, here's a, I'm so just sitting sorry. here in my zone and yeah. your tree's falling. Yeah, anyway. Sorry that a hundred foot tree fell 20 feet from us <laughs> and I freaked out. So sorry, man. All right, let's take it some more grow talk, more grow talk here. What do we got? We got some good comments, man. Old guys chiming in says, I don't see the point in an auto flower. Forgive my ignorance, but from what I know about autos, which ain't a lot, you cannot reveg them. You can't take cuttings, can't cross pollinate them. You waste more electricity flowering them as they need 24-7 lighting. That one's not true. You can do 18-6. Some people even do the 12-hour. I've done 12 Um Plus, the seeds are not cheaper than normal seeds, and in some instances, more expensive. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You're mostly, you're mostly thought, right. I thought this was very insightful. I was like, wow, you got me something to think about. Yeah, I think the point of them is simplicity. I think the point is without explaining anything, you can say, hey, put a timer on your, you know, on your tent or even just plug your tent into the wall. You know, whatever, your $500 tent with the $200 light or whatever, and take a three gallon and just plant a seed in there. And then after about 90 days, you'll see it'll bud up. You don't have to do anything. I think it's just like beginner, you know, for the beginner. Yeah, but we're... Learning in public with photos. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, they are cool though, man. You grow badass bud from them. So I could see people really enjoying them. So I get it. Shorten the veg time on your photos if you want. I keep saying I'm about to have my first experience with this where I'm going to photo out, you know, some two gals and I'm going to go. I'm probably, it's still debating, attempted even just to start. Just to once I'm about to harvest, start my uh, seeds on the 12-12 light cycle because, you know, we've been told they're not going to go to flower right away. They have to mature out a little bit and they're going to sure. grow vegetative growth. So that'll be a fun grow to document. Um, and old guy, I, I mean, I agree with your philosophy. It's um, especially if you're trying to take cuts, that can save you money. If you're on a tight budget, man, you do have to keep buying auto seeds. But think so, about what you're, there's two different types of people. One person maybe has a tent and is like, oh my God, I've never grown anything in my life, but I got this tent kit for, you know, $500 from uh, Monster Gardens and I bought this seed pack from Auto Flowers, you know, whatever, Gorilla Glue Auto Flowers, and I put them in a three-gallon bucket with some Home Depot soil and man, I grew bud. It was cool. Three months later, I had bud, man. You could do all that with a photo though. But my point is that's all you have to know, the most simplest that's a, a, such a simplistic view of growing. And then from there, you get them hooked and they go, oh man, you know what? My light's not really that good. Or I'm going to go to the grow store and get real soil next time. And you kind of, but to set that hook in, I think auto flowers are important. Remember Lowenfeld was talking about them? Lowenfeld's? Jeff Lowenfeld's? Yeah, his philosophy was they're going to be like the new little six pack of tomatoes you get at Home Depot when you're shopping in the spring. You're going to see your little six packs of auto flowers, put them wherever you want. 
how many people start flowering how many people decide to uh just go buy tomatoes and give it a whirl spend a couple hundred at home depot in the spring i agree the biggest place i'll give autos a place would be where you gotta finish outside so i mean being able to finish outside with photos can be a bitch in colorado and i mean where i'm at here in the pacific northwest right it's like rolling the dice man it's like dude now it's it's what it's like 60 and rainy for the next two weeks i'm supposed to be finishing my plant here so being able to start your autos early inside take them out for like june and july be done maybe by early august is just pretty nice so yeah, I'm just uh, looking over at this two by four tent. And if I had to explain, like, High C doesn't really know how to grow and he has a two by four tent and he wants to learn. So go get a decent light. And then I tell you what, man, I know you're whatever. I know you just want to have some weed and I want to get you started. So take these seeds, plant them in your three gals and just water them, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd say in the buckets or whatever. And I'd be like, he'd be like, holy shit, dude, guys, I grew weed. I have friends that are like that. They're right at that stage where they're like, dude, I grew weed, man. You know, let me show it to you. They're you right do want to have people cusp. have success. Yeah. If you have to tell someone to clone or to sex a plant or how to train, uh, you know, a uh, photo period plant, you know, when I'm going feminized seed, baby. Feminized okay. Seed. So even when the click back, do you want to top it? Autos, you don't top them. You just throw them in there and you come back in 90 days and, you're like, like I said, I don't know if it's for connoisseurs, but I think it's really cool to get people go- growing. Great, right, Scotty Auto. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you want people to succeed? I do as well. You don't want new growers to get turned off. That's to what I'm today. stuck on. I'm stuck on turning the new growers on. So, yeah. Coming up soon, you're going to have your own. It's called the real auto, guys. Real auto from <laughs> Scotty Real in the real buckets from real growers. So, for next real question, I'm going to give a shout out. If you are a new grower out there and you want to get some tips, uh, we're going to shout out to this guide we put together here, dudegrows.com forward slash buds. That's where you can get five grow tips. Actually, me, Scotty, grew, we're sitting around and being like, what are things that have stuck out ever since you started growing that you either give her as a tip or like yep. the best? We're- I think one of them we were talking about VPD, mm-hmm. LED. Uh, but dudegrows.com forward slash buds you can give your grow style a little audit and uh, see if you can up your grow game a little bit there yes yeah it was interesting where when i told you high c is trying is learning how to grow and we're trying to explain it to him and we realized that there really were we're arguing over probably the top i don't know we we ended up making a cool list of the top five and uh yeah i had a good time doing that man i think there's some good information there dude apparently people like the lists the list, you know what I'm saying? Listicle. <laughs> I have a listicle for you to enter my funnel, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Excellent listicles, man. Question two germination rate posted by mom's basement. Love okay. it. So, uh, what up, DGC? What would you say the normal germination rate should be for seeds coming from online seed banks? I don't think there is such one. So, I purchased five Pineapple Express autos. By 420 fast buds and 10 PBB 55 fems, whatever those are, by Aurora Genetics through seeds here now. And out of the 15, only three PBB 55 germinated. So 
that's not – you should have a better germination rate than that. Ooh, the thanks, seeds are all sinking – or seeds are all soaked until sinking, then placed in a paper towel. My grow room runs between 77 and 82, and the paper towel is never dripping wet or allowed to dry. Excellent. After the bad results, I was able to use the same method to get five of five bag seed that I've saved for a rainy day to pop. But they're definitely not what I was looking forward to having in my grow. Is it normal for seed packs to be hit and miss, or are they generally more reliable than this? I don't like to want to be asking a guy for handouts or something. I possibly messed up, but this has had me scratching my head. You're not asking for handouts. If I were you one, I'd reach back out to seeds here now, see what they'll do for you. They like to see growers succeed, just like we were just talking about. And I think you should have a better germination rate than three. What do you have? Three out of 15? What would you think uh, if you had a 10 pack? What would you think a shitty germination rate? What's your over under? I want at least half, at least half. At least, man. Yeah, I want seven or eight. Wait, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> was, I was going to say, if it's less than eight out of 10, that's yeah. a really bad germination rate for an expensive Ooh. pack of seeds. Yeah, yeah, an expensive pack of seeds. That's 20% yeah, man. of the seeds are not viable. That's not good. And seeds here 70, now. 70% of the seeds not viable or 85% of the seeds not being viable is just ridiculous. Right. Seeds here now will take care of you, though. You just have to reach back out to them. Yeah. They will make it right. Well, that being said, um, I haven't had that bad of germination in a while. Everything, I mean, I know the iry I'm getting is fresh. I'll call it right. some fresh iry genetics, you know, good to go. Um, that is trying important to think- though, man. Fresh viable is super important. I've got seeds that have been holding for years and I can expect two out of 10 germination rates out of those. We got about the author and 11 comments on this. Uh, Mom's basement says grower since Virginia legalized because, well, wheat is expensive and it turns out it's pretty fun to grow. That's right. <laughs> I think it says IG, the other guys grow. And man, thanks for the comments here. Faster, <laughs> Duber, uh, Surf and Turf, Mr. Greens uh ch- chiming in uh, mr greens or no faster says man i'm having 80 to probably closer to 90 to 95 percent success rate in germination which is what grew is saying um, to expect yeah. i have like for, at least nine and a half out of ten germinate uh quick question we've talked about this before but i farted says i recently stopped soaking my seeds after two for ten success two out of ten I must have soaked too long because before I had a 95% success rate. I went back to putting them straight in wet peat pellets and went five for five with the same seeds. I overcomplicated it, screwed myself. So do you have any opinion on soaking versus planting straight up under your wet media? I don't soak them. I just take them and put them in a super wet paper towel. I take like three or four paper towels, fold it over, soak that with a little bit of, little bit of recharge water. And uh, I'll close it up and then I'll put two dinner plates. I'll put that in on one dinner plate and I'll put another one on top of it to keep it dark and it keeps the humidity in there. And uh, in a warm back. place, is that sitting on a heat mat, heating pad or something? Uh, I guess it could be. It's kind of warm in here where I put it is fairly warm and I'll come on out and I just open it after 12 hours or 18 hours. And usually there's a couple you know, cracking and over the course of about, you know, I don't know, 48 hours, most of them come out. There's a couple stragglers, but. All right. I might try that next time. I'm sure two plates sandwiched over ceramic plates that are sitting on my heat mat might be the the coziest little, uh, little place for some seeds to germinate. Yeah. I don't know. I was just in my kitchen baked one day and I came up with that. I like it. Uh, and thanks for the question going out over here and hopefully that helped out mom's basement and get yourself taken care of over there. It seeds here. Now they'll hook you up. 
uh, before more grow questions and grow hacks here, I'm going to shout out to realgrowers.com. I actually got hey. a question today uh, before I shout out for, about grow dots and blooms. Yes, sir. Hosted by Twill420. So Twill420 says, next run, we'll be turning on the grow dots to do some cocoa in five-gallon air pots. Excellent. Approximately four gallons going to start an auto run. Interesting to hear what you're using for bloom boosts, if any. So many fun things in the cabinet right now. I've been there, man. It's like, ooh, I should probably use that. Fish shit, bud swell, appetite PK, shine. Don't want to disrupt the flow. Stay lit. All right. So I guess you could also word this as he's maybe thinking, do I need one? Is there a harm if I do a bloom booster while the grow dots are in my mix? Or so what? I've got something for you. Yeah. You already have one. So the idea of a bloom booster is uh, to change the nutrient ratios, which can have a big effect on the plant morphology or like the shape that it's coming out of or what it's focusing on growing. Um, and GrowDots already has a shift to bloom heavy nutrients after 30 days in there. Uh, there is you don't need to use I, a bloom booster. Yeah, I don't use a specific like a, a PK boost. Like this, I don't know what appetite PK is, but stuff like Budswell and as fish shit is. Uh, I think that's just microbes, right? There's not much NPK in that, right? I think it dissolved fish, like my, microbially digested. Fish. Yeah, interesting. But like things like Budswell, you could add to it. That's just that's I believe Bacuano, basically on a lighter side. But uh, I would say silica would be something that you could add. Um, I don't know too much else. I, I like that green sensation. I do still use that. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. It's like you said, I've always liked it. Sensation of forever, man. <laughs> grow it out and then see what you have at the end and then grow it out again and add a little bit of bloom. I mean, you're only going to know is if you do these types of not trials, but growing the same genetics. I can and tell you. But Bloom Booster is a, a macronutrient thing where you're just adding more PK, thinking that the plant's just going to magically eat more PK because well, that's it, what it needs. It's it, that that isn't the idea of it, uh, or the like science behind a Bloom Booster. Right. Um, it is changing up the ratios of the nutrients that are there, so it's skewing them towards a more P and K heavy sure. uh, nutrient, yes. and that helps push the plant in flowering. What I'm saying is that the Bloom Booster of switching to a P and K heavy nutrient. Uh, is already built in uh, into the release and grow dot. So you don't need to worry about using one. Um, it it already has it built in and it switches over the ratios of those nutrients after 30 days anyways. So using some type of like organic amendment or something like worm casting, something to get uh, some more uh, microbial life and environment in there for them will be good. But you don't need like an actual PK booster right. added in here. Some tricantinol or something like that uh, could be beneficial. It's not baked into the release of grow dots. But more P and K specifically is not something that you need with them. If you want to get yourself these grow dots, realgrowers.com, uh, as well as Recharge. Hooking up with Recharge, you can get that at realgrowers.com, Amazon Prime, Real Growers yep. Recharge, and in Canada, dudesworld.ca. And you can also yes. check out at dudesworld.ca. Um, Irie Genetics, just got some Irie Genetics in, working always on getting more, trying to build this stock up, guys. Uh, for the Canadian uh, DGC, you're checking out, save you some shipping from getting it from the States, dudesworld.ca. All right. Awesome. We got, uh, this is kind of like a grow hack. This is like an equipment recommendation for a humidifier. Uh, somebody else on the photo show had featured um, a reptile humidifier, and this is best reptile humidifier by Butters. Hey. Hello, 
fellow DDC members, Butters here. I don't hey, know. Butters, thank you for your contributions, man. You've been, you've been awesome lately. I know the dude did a show which featured reptile humidifier, and I wanted the DDC to know what product I think is best. Drew, I don't know if you can, oh, the picture's down here, and then there's a link also below the picture for Amazon.com. Um, tell me how much that thing is while I'm doing some narration here. So I actually found this humidifier on Amazon after watching the show, mentioning them, and I must say <clears throat> I've been very drunk because about three days later I got the delivery from Amazon and had no recollection of ordering. Yes. <laughs> I wonder what this is. I have been, I've, I've gone drunk shopping on Amazon. That's dangerous, man. How much? $55.99. Okay. Not too bad. Um, so as I open the box and it's just so happens to be humidifier of my dreams. So this <laughs> humidifier has a sensor that you put inside your tent and you can set it for your desired humidity level. I have found it set it on 55% humidity. My AC Infinity fan sensor will read 60%. This has been huge for me as I'm able to keep my VPD absolutely dialed in while I'm gone at work. That's also awesome. with this humidifier, there's no need to humidify a big lung room for a small grow. I have a link humidifier below as well to pick. I hope this helps members of the DDC. Yeah, I think it will help. And I, what is it? You don't even have to put the dehumidifier in the tent. It just the uh, mist comes out the hose, right? Looks like it. Yeah, because if it's meant for reptiles, they obviously know you're not going to put that whole damn thing in your reptile cage. So the, that's pretty sweet. You just take that hose and put it in your grow tent and good to go. It's pretty cool. I like it. About the author, Butters is a humble grower on the southern east coast. After seeing what my state proposes for legal cannabis and visiting real dispensaries in San Diego, I decided to say fuck it and become my own dispensary. <laughs> I love all the content the dude grows has to offer each and every week. Keep growing and smoking, uh, my DDC friends. That's awesome. Yeah, cheers yes. to you, Butters. Be your own dispensary. What's up, Maestro, in the comments? How you doing, buddy? Um, he says, search pond foggers to get better do-it-yourself results. And he's right. Man, I forgot the name of the company. I feature him on the show. You can get those little single admitter foggers and just use Fog a five-gallon bucket and yeah. create a pretty legit, durable humidifier. All right. Ultrasonic fog foggers, cool, I think is what man. they're called. What's fog that? Is, fog is like it makes such a small water particle that there's a shitload of air around each particle because it's so small. Yeah, you know, so no, I had a pretty amazing. sheen on my fleece uh, mountain biking yesterday. It was just like a particle white sheen. That's weird, <laughs> the, right? The, the humidity is up at about, I don't know, 90%. <clears throat> I guess that's why I'm like, dude, I sweat my ass off climbing uphill, but it's it's only like 43 degrees out. And oh, I guess Jesus. it's because when it's so humid, what's like the pressure, right? What, what, what is that my body's VPD? I think so. I think so. It sounds so terrible. Let's be in. I'm gonna go, dude. I love sweating it out. Are you kidding me? That's one of the best parts of biking. Forty-three what? degrees, ninety percent humidity. And you know that actually, where I went to school in Tallahassee, it would get that temperature a lot. You know, it was Florida, and it would just be humid and cold. And if no, it's I'd rather be in thirty-five degree weather here, man. <laughs> All right, another grow question. Knowing when to change the carbon filter, posted by Token Cody, before the cops show up, for sure. So this is like, it depends on where you're at, right? You know, sometimes if you're not here, let me do the narration first. Hey, DDC, long time lurker first. And this is from uh, Token Cody 8. Long time lurker, first of many questions to come. All right. I'm currently running a two by four AC infinity tent with a four inch carbon filter. 
that's had two successful harvests with a total of five months of continuous use during flower. Awesome. I've grown four plants total so far on this filter, but I'm also in an apartment and need to avoid smells. Filters ran great for me so far, but I'm aware that it needs to be changed out. My question is, how often is the carbon filter supposed to be changed out? Everything I've looked online says different things, so I thought this would best come to the best community I know for their opinion. All right. Oh, shucks. If you need to, one is when you start to notice smell. Depending on if you, if, you're, if your carbon filter prevents you from going to jail, I mean, I'm probably going to be on one hell of a tight interval, and I always used to remind people to smell their outtakes. Like, if you have an outtake out the roof or out right. the side of your house that yeah. you're maybe not around, like I had a basement grow where the outtake, was um, on the other side of like Comic the corner sauce. of the house outside where I usually wouldn't be. So a I was really like, really good suggestion. Walk. Leave the house for a while before you go to do that. So like go be somewhere mm. not near your house, not near a grow. And then so go, your smell go, neutralizes. Your smell neutralizes. Go straight up to your outtake vent and see if it smells like weed at all. If it does, you probably need to replace your carbon filter. Invite what? your squarest friend over. i I haven't had to run them in years luckily because i mean i wasn't creating a horrible smell right now my two by four which is close to harvest i was worried might stink up the house pretty bad but it's just upstairs a little bit which actually smells really good to me it's like hmm i know why they named that orange gasm now like i smell Ah. orange smell (laughs) but um yeah, keeping on. What did you find? Did you find some like technical? Yeah, information, well, I will. I've always known this from Florida is humidity. A ton of humidity will fuck up a carbon filter. You know, so just keep an eye on that. And yeah, they were saying things like, uh, I did get this article. Where is this from? From whatforme.com. It's pretty informative. <laughs> <laughs> but it talks about how there's a couple different, there's pelletized carbon and then there's that activated carbon, which is more like flake. And that it goes through the smells go through and they get attracted to the they, they get stuck inside the carbon. So I thought I don't yeah. kind of cool. The better ones are the flaky carbon. And if you, it really does depend on what it's grabbing too, like how stinky is that room. But and also uh, you potentially yes. should think about getting an extra carbon for a couple of things. One, if it's of the utmost important to not smell, have a backup carbon filter if you can afford that, because mm. you never know. Also, it just makes sense for trimming. So let's say you have a carbon filter in your tent. Here's like a grow hack that you right. use, whatever, the six inch carbon filter for your tent. You're going to have to replace it eventually. Buy another six inch carbon filter now, even though that one's still good. Use both of them while you're trimming because trimming is effing stinky. If you're when you're processing trimming cannabis, sure. that's your smelliest part of like because you're working all that material, you're releasing whatever volatile terps. Probably not the right terminology, but uh, and Might then when so you have off. your six inch on hand, you know you don't have to rush to the grocery store. Oh shit, you're out of stock. Oh man, or the manufacturer for some reason that you you need it. So have yeah. another one anyway. It's a good uh, it's a good a good grow tip, Scotty. I agree, definitely. Um, yeah, you are right. I'm thinking like a co- uh, not a coffee, like a oil filter. You just it depends how important it is to you. If you're going to go to jail over it, replace them every 12 months, maybe every six months. Reminded me, I don't have doing. my backup oil filters right now. Something oh, typically I man, like to have. What if as something well. happens, bro? <laughs> All right, we got to go to the pros list. Couple pros here. DudeGrows.com forward slash pros. All the coupon codes are listed there. Shopping for your grow, so you know. Today, uh, we just mentioned AC Infinity. If you want some carbon filters, AC Infinity, I highly recommend carbon filters fans. 
grow tense, kicking ass over there. Coupon code dude. If you shop on Amazon, oh, I'm gonna do the point. Check the notes below. The show wow. notes, I believe, have our uh, <laughs> AC Infinity Amazon discount code. I believe it's dude grows 15 and seeds here now as mentioned earlier that's why we like seeds here now they're not only hooking up the new members with seeds for free but also coupon code dude 10 will help you at seedsherenow.com and they got your back man they got your back on quality genetics they want you to succeed great customer service out there if you want to get to know the man behind the company james bean's been on the show a handful of times so you can just search dude grows james bean and you'll pull up those episodes and or dude grows seeds here now use the power of google and you'll be good to go. Dudegrows.com forward slash pros. Check out the deals. Nice. Taking care of Come business. On. Give me a little more. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Man, I told so, you. Smoked, smoked most of that uh, joint. And uh, yeah, by the end of the show, I'm fairly high. <laughs> what is going on in your grow, Scotty? Oh, the mic's uh, gone. I put the, I got these uh, spider mites, a triple threat. I was a persimilids, californicus. I'm trying to think what else, but three different types of mites. They work at little different humidity ranges between about 60 and 80. Um, but yeah, I introduced those. I harvested most of the room. I actually, I didn't know what to do with these plants, dude. I have two that are just disappointing. So I'm just retiring. There's this uh, OG chem that's just... I don't know if it's not what it's supposed to be, but it's just not not so good. Oh, you're gonna kill it. That's why yeah. you mean retiring. And a, somebody and in the YouTube comments cake. actually said, uh, I, "I know how Scotty likes to kill plants, so just kill what you have left and start from seed, and it will kill everything. Clean your room heavy and start right. from seed for once." It was just just with a grower comment with love. Yeah, yeah. What I did was I harvested everything because everything was within a few days of harvesting. Okay. I have white trikes. So uh, I harvested the four plants that were ready. The two, the wedding cake and the uh, OG chem were like my least favorite. They just didn't fit into the system. I didn't reclone them. So I just kind of put them in the in the cold garage like outside the grow room. And now I've been walking by them for the last couple of days. And I'm like, I don't know. Do I kill you? Do I cut you apart? Is that what you want? You know, what's the most <laughs> yes. humane thing to do? I'm leaving them yes. freezing. They're probably pissed. That's what I did to my uh, citrus plant. I put it out during a cold spell and I was like, yeah, right. Nah, what can I do? Once you bug me so many times with bugs, you got to go. Right, right. But anyway, I've got everything clean in there. I got these small plants that have no flowers on them yet. Okay. Uh, they're all clean. Uh, there was, it was, they were relatively clean. There was a couple on the heavy flowering plants and thankfully just in the leaves, not in the flowers. So I was able to save them. But uh, yeah, the rest of the room remarkably clean, but I'm sure there's some eggs there. And so we're going to try to break the life cycle with the bugs and I might just have to live with those bugs. Spider mites, man. Are they, who are they sponsored by? Grow stores and insectaries? Because think about how much money these little effing spiders have made. Grow stores or people that make spray products or pest management products. Or it's like, dude, expensive business. And it's very interesting. Such a microscopic little bug. I'm pretty sure they came from my houseplants. I'm pretty sure I got, I have like one of these. I'm like 99% sure they came from your. My majesty palm. Yeah, your, your majesty palm over there. Cause I found some spider mites, like an active population. On yeah. Majesty palm. I kind of forgot about them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Palms, dude. Yeah. Anytime I see 
because I used to actually work at a Home Depot garden center before I got fired. I got fired from Home Depot and Walmart, which I think <laughs> is probably good. It's, I don't feel bad about either stealing one of those. company time both times. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot about stealing Home Depot, time. but Walmart fired me for stealing company time. Yes, That's it was awesome. a joke. They really just wanted to get rid of me. Uh, but um, you were saying as far as palms, yes, Home Depot palms, and yeah, all those palms, they come with the spider mites. They just come with them. So be careful yeah. for bringing a palm into your home. And then I think they always will have a couple mites here or there. Oh, they come with <clears> them <throat> and trace amounts of Avid, too. Mm. Yeah. So they got super uh, yeah. mites on them, yeah. basically. Pretty much. You are, you are <laughs> right about that, because they're allowed to spray Avid on there. Dear God. Um, all right. Well, what else? What else? Do you have other things I see here? I'm Dry sorry. You know, I did want to say that um, I had this little two by four I was growing in. And I just needed a legit drying tent at this point or where I'm at. It's 15. What is it? 20% humidity. You can't fucking dry and you really need your own environment. So yeah, I pulled the uh, bucket system out and I put a, uh, just actually, I just hung the, I think I had four plants, four nice size plants. How are you adding humidity? Uh, how am I adding? Oh, you know what I left? Well, because it's drying, you don't have to add humidity. There's tons of humidity in there, man. Because oh, because it's the, sealed. You have it sealed up. Yeah, yeah. I so have basically, it yeah, it's sealed up. And then this got AC it. Infinity fan goes on at like sixty-five, and I think it's got like a two-degree differential. So it goes yeah, they have a tight differential. Humidity. Yeah, and then it goes to sixty-three percent humidity. It turns back on, so it maintains it essentially in that zone, and it's pretty inexpensive drying tent drying solution. I bet you're going to reach a point though once that plant releases most most of its moisture mm -hmm. that we'll see because once that 20% Colorado winter air starts ripping through more, it might start to make the process happen too quick because you want them at least you know hanging up 10 days is my at least 10 days is my goal, but some um, people can only go a week. But well, I mean it's in ideal conditions. It's 60 degrees, maybe 62 degrees at the warmest in here. Uh, and 65% holding humidity there. Not so, in the tent, but the, in, the, in the room. In the, in the tent what? and in the room. The room's in the tent. Uh, I told you I'm baked. Tent's in the room. You have 65% humidity where you're sitting right now? No, 65 degrees. No, the, got tent, it, got it. the tent is sealed. So the tent got is it. Uh, it kept at 65% humidity because the flowers are releasing all that uh, moisture. You should get a humidifier for the bakery there so you can keep that room like at 50 or 45. I do have one on standby. I do. But I just was kind of, I'm, I'm ready to throw one on. Guru, we probably should. But I'm kind of psyched with how it's reacting right now. Cool experiment. Anyhow, you Excellent. need a fan and you need a, an inexpensive tent. Um, so in my grow, I was just going to show you the nice structure here of my oh, strawberry starburst. Dude, look at you, man. Beautiful. This is a... Uh, Close to finish here, but the that one was the top cola uh, would have been at least six inches taller than all those other side buds. But I did training on it. I nothing on this plant was ever topped. So, but I was really satisfied with the structure of it. Um, and what a statement, harvesting. bro. What a statement on like our different personalities. <laughs> that is fucking beautiful and organized and well structured. Mine looks like uh, <laughs> I don't know. Mine's a mess. Well, here's the mess in this next image. And we're looking at, I call it fungus gnats from hell. So we're oh. looking at, this is a tip on the way I like to lay down sticky traps, guys. I cut them in half, bend them at an angle so I can set them right on the soil level. You're going to catch the most that way. 
And then there's this little uh, mesh pack sitting on my soil surface here. Those are what are supposed to be, you water through that and release beneficial nematodes sure. into the into the soil. And I also used, and I am not always going to claim they work that well, but they're cheap enough. I use mosquito dunks. Mosquito dunks, the, the type of um, larvae that sure. those, wait, Bacillus thuringiensis is really insus. Yes, thank you. Um, also affects the larvae of these fungus gnats. But these fungus gnats came in, they've been like going around my house. So I found a ton in my leafy greens I was growing. Right. And I was like, dude, all right, screw it. Harvest them and put those four inch containers on my back deck where it was getting down below freezing. Fungus gnats were fine with that. I'd go out there, I'd pick one up and it's like freaking freezing and they start flying around. I'm like, dude, right. these things. And then that door was by my grow tent. So I figured a few probably just fly in, got because they're going to follow the warmth, maybe the light too by natural. And then they get in there and I see a few in my grow tent. I'm like, you know what? I'm harvesting soon. They're probably not going to prolifer proliferate that much. And dear God, man, they, these sticky traps here, it's almost what they looked like when they're only in there for one light cycle. And you just hit the side of the bag and they would just start. And the only thing I could think of is like, so how did they get here? Right. We say fungus gnats definitely come from different bag soils, compost, worm castings. I'm growing in a peat mix, HP pro mix that has been sitting. Yeah. What's up? How wet is, how wet is it? Because I do these things. Anything can, that's super wet. I definitely can affect their life cycle by allowing these plants to get really dry. You're picking the plant up and you're like, you should be wilting soon. But the they, top, you can't keep the tops fairly dry, whether it's through drip. I top water. I know you like, you're going to say you have an advantage there, maybe the sub irrigation plant, but I top water. But if you keep, if the surface is always wet, or even we're talking about that perlite layer, but I mean, fungus gnats love that. They're going to show up. It's not always wet. And like when I let it really dry out, it will affect the population, but it doesn't kill them all. It just, they're just too fucking durable. So um, I'm trying to think about how can I eliminate this? And Guru, you can tell me my, like my HP Pro Nix has been, that's usually fairly clean. It's also been sitting outside um, and freezing on and off temperatures, but I guess something could be getting in my pro mix outside, but why would fungus gnats want to go into an inert media like pro mix? There's nothing there for them to eat. I believe they need the relationship with the roots. Correct. Uh, I no, don't think they're eating. No, the they're well, yes, they're eating dead parts of the root and the larva will eat like newer parts of the root too, but no. What, what about insect ass? Cause insect frass I have, could they're that be a carrier? As long as the surface is staying wet like that, you're going to have these these fungus net problems. Especially with that I have a ton of house plants too. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to have you got to figure out a way to keep that surface dry somehow. No, it's not as long. I, I can't. I top water. I hand top water. Sure, Obviously, I'm, the surface is going to be. a perlite layer, you know, maybe a little bit lighter mm -hmm. soil. I don't know. I need to. I forget the. There's a, a much more concentrated bacillus thuringiensis you can get that will. Natural is one. G N A T R O L is one. Is that the one that comes that. in the little squirt bottle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 One of using something like that. Uh, getting actually nematodes that you know are viable, like you said, direct, it. I haven't done that yet. I don't know how viable these sectory ones that you yeah. know are viable right. is going to be a really big key there. Right. And then if you wanted to go like with a little bit more macro predator, get some rove beetles in there. They will. Live I can't on the believe how um, in the top, like just top couple inches and kill off all the fungus gnats. They love them. Rove beetles, eh? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, but what do they do then when there's no more fungus snaps? They just kind of probably die because there's nothing to eat, I assume. Yeah. They just rove, man. They just that's rove. Kind of, them, you know? That's kind of <laughs> what you're going to deal with with, in, with uh, predatory insects. Unless like at the agriculture scale, like in big uh, uh, like Dutch greenhouses and stuff. Mm-hmm. They will have certain plants where they grow non-infectious bugs right. that will serve as uh, food reservoirs for when there aren't bugs for their predators, like their natural prey to eat. Yeah, they're like, don't worry, we put <laughs> we grow them on sterile mites or we feed them sterile mites. Like, e- that's awesome. It's either Thank that you. or like in greenhouses, they'll use grass mites a lot where grass mites are pretty much only infectious to a couple types of grasses. Right. They'll grow patches of those grasses there where those mites will be. Uh, the predators will not pick them first. They would much rather eat spider mites or aphids or something like that. But if there's no spider mites or aphids, they can go find that other food source. Their population stay alive. So when more spider mites do come in, they're there to just go on out and go have their favorite food. It's just interesting how just voracious these things are to just, and luckily they do not do a ton. I mean, I don't want to say a ton. You don't want to have them. Once they get like so annoying, you're like fatting the fuckers away like I was like, that's going to be a negative impact on the performance of your plants. They're almost never going to negatively them themselves negatively impact your plant in a way that you will see Uh, the way they'll impact it will be their vector for disease and viruses. Um, Yeah. Where like they're how your plant is going to get certain plant viroids that will be able to. I saw a couple stuck in damage. The fungus gnats won't necessarily do that much damage. I saw a couple stuck in my top colas and I was like, you sons of bitches. I'm like, one, this is a good sign. I got some sticky, icky buds, but I don't need any fungus gnats stuck in them. And yeah. I scouted out throughout the whole canopy and there's literally only like two. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll let you know how the, uh, the mosquito dunks did with the bacillus thuringiensis sure. species Israeliensis, my friend. <laughs> Sounds good to me. If you had a good time today, dudegrows.com forward slash support guys. Go on over there, become part of the DGC, hang out on the new show, get your member bennies, dudegrows.com forward slash support. Also, tell us where we can go out to our local grow store to pick ourselves up some recharge. Ah, organics, baby. Organics mm. in, you know, OKC. Organics mm-hmm. OKC, man. It's or- organics OKC in Oklahoma in City. OKC. All right, man. I get it, man. Hey, shout out to Mark. Thank you so much, man. Load it up over there. All right. I dig. I dig. I am ready to uh, give some thanks. Do some shout outs here to the DDC producers. I'm going to start it off. Actually, I got the first three here, please. The first three. Terp Doc 73, Fishy Farm, and a correction, Scotty, okay, for uh, make sure I, what's that? Joof. Joof, man. I know how to say yes. it now. Like, joof. But with an F and a J. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I think we got it right then. I'll let you take it from here with a couple more. Oh, shit. Help me out there. Four Valve MK7. How you doing? And McKenna. That's What's four, going on? Four Valve Mark 7. Okay. Got it, man. That's a car. All right. Okay. Uh, Grizzly Groves and McKenna. McKenna. Sounds like a detective, uh, doesn't it? Double shout out, McKenna will take it. Colorado Transplant 2021 and Bud Bundy. <laughs> What's going on? It's awesome. Did he play that show? <laughs> Triked out and growers wild. I got New York Danky and swimming in the dank. Hey, blaze it up and happy, happy heathen Jill. What a party with her. 
thanks to all you DDC producers. I'm going to say stay higher, my friends. Until next time. All right. Take your easy, dude. Out. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss man says to take a little break, that means we